I'm fat, I'm flat, I'm ugly, I'm too big, I'm too small, I'm not masculine, I'm not feminine, I'm unlovable, nobody's going to like me, I'm not good enough. Does any of this sound familiar? These are the, some of the things that you happily tell yourself when you identify more with self-hate than self-love. In this episode of the Lessons from Psychedelics, I want to show you how you can go from self-hate to self-love. Perhaps this can sound familiar to you, the voice in your head that says, I hate myself, I'm fat, I'm flat, I'm ugly, I'm too big, I'm too small, I'm not masculine, I'm not feminine, I'm unlovable, nobody's going to like me, I'm not good enough. Does any of this sound familiar? These are the, some of the things that you happily tell yourself when you identify more with self-hate than self-love. Life doesn't have to be like this. You can live with more peace of mind, enjoy life, and learn the language of self-love, which I want to teach you the foundations of. Self-love is impossible if you hate yourself. I mean, perhaps you don't really know what either are. One never told to actually say you hate yourself. Is it so wrong to hate yourself? Because it's, because it's associated with sinister things. Many of us grow up thinking that we shouldn't love ourselves. Our ego is too inflated if we love ourselves. So if you're feeling like you shouldn't hate yourself, but also you don't love yourself, you may walk around with this numbing feeling, but actually then leads to engaging in practices perhaps that aren't healthy or being stuck in a routine that you don't like. Maybe you're hanging around in the wrong types of people, maybe taking drugs, maybe engaging in disorderly eating. Do these practices really validate you at a deeper level? Or do you want to learn from it and translate this into a self-love practice? Some of us are never actually taught to love ourselves because of exactly who we are. An example is those in the LGBTQ plus community where so some societies deem it wrong just to be who you are and therefore you always have this itch that you're not good enough and always feel that you shouldn't love yourself. I think also social media has a lot to answer for and all these self-help books that tell you quite plain and simple that you should be loving yourself or you might read an inspirational quote but it's like, oh, love yourself. I mean, how do you go and do that? And I think any of it, if anything, these social media posts used to, used to just frustrate me or I just glazed over them when I saw them. I think social media also adds a huge pressure in order for us to feel good about ourselves with some toxic positivity. I think there's many posts saying about oh, we should just love ourselves with actual no rhyme or reason of how we get there. And so it just either adds more pressure when you're not feeling good about yourself or you just glaze over way I look at things is that you don't take the plug from self-hate to self-love overnight and put it in self-love overnight. It's a huge process and you've just got to be easy on yourself. If you really don't like yourself, it's going to take a lot to be able to start to feel a little bit better. You can read self-help books, get therapy. Deep down, you have that scab of I'm not good enough and it wants to be scratched off and it wants to be itched. Self-deprivation when people are in a self-hate in mode feels good and for me it felt great putting myself in situations that weren't good it just reinforcing shame and especially when someone else picks that scab for me someone else is telling me i'm not good enough and that was just reinforcing all of that self-hate and that that self-hate was valid if all you've ever known is self-hate and someone else rejects you it makes you feel in a really weird way safer because it's a familiar emotion and just reinforces all those voices inside your head. And I think for me particularly, which I'm suggesting, 
is that it's impossible to find a healthy relationship when you with others when you hate yourself. It was just a chaotic time. You have people in your life showing you love, and when you all you've known is self hate, you just have this alarm in your head going, "Why is someone showing me affection and love? I don't know how to either either respond to this or act differently." Or this guy's an idiot. He loves me. So that can then lead to different behaviours in the relationship, whether you don't take the relationship seriously or for whatever reason, either drama or insecurities or arguments. Well, it happens all over, but I think in relationships, especially in the, with gay men, this is particularly an issue where two people who are suffering a, to a degree with self-hate enter into a relationship and they then project each other's issues at each other. So it's hard to first of all acknowledge this and then actually deal with it. I mean, we only, only accept the love that we think we deserve, right? And the person that's showing you love is an absolute moron to show you love. So if self-hate is all you've ever known, how do you go through from self-hate to self-love? I think we put some added pressure in on ourselves to think that we need to have a PhD in self-love overnight. What I'm trying to say to you that it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to pressure yourself to love yourself straight away. Go easy on yourself. In your self-love journey, there are going to be slip-ups. You're going to have bumps in the road where you go back a bit. Well, I had I had many challenges with self-love, and I still do, and I still have challenge. I still have triggers, but I've just gone a bit more easy on myself and being more at peace with myself. I think the first step in understanding self-love is actually appreciating that you can actually hate yourself, and that it's okay to hate yourself, and then becoming aware of certain practices and routines in your daily life that may be more akin to self-hate than self-love. I want you to sit with a feeling of self-hate and think, what is the source of the pain? Where does it originate from? Was it a time when you were rejected? Is your self-worth based on societal pressures? Perhaps you have pressure on how you should look, act or feel. If you sit with your feelings, what do they say to you? Do you allow yourself to sit with your feelings? You know, the best thing to do sometimes I do is I just sit in a room with no entertainment, no music, no voices, nothing. And I will just notice what's going on inside my head. I think we get pressured also to love ourselves in certain ways, like self-help books, and they give this ideas like go and meditate. But I don't think, especially after having psychedelic experiences, that I think it would take a year of meditation to be able to go and you know become more at peace of mind. And you've got to try and learn self-love language, which at the moment you're just clouded in your thoughts and you have your anxiety, your stress, your your pressures and you think I can't sit with my thoughts and meditate yeah sure it's a solution but it's just getting you to understand the solution is a, is a different thing so just go it's like another example is someone saying to you don't take drugs don't eat sugar don't drink excessively if you are in it using that as a numbing practice and you're not aware of yourself it be a very stressful thing is part of understanding addiction sitting with your feelings some of these practices such as drinking too much taking drugs whatever it is they numb a little bit of your unhappiness. And so why would you stop them if you've just told to stop them straight away for your self-love? I think I had this light bulb moment where I thought, okay, I'm allowing myself to hate myself and that's okay. I don't have to be ashamed that I hate myself. So I just said to myself in this, well, the messages, messages I got in this trip were, I don't want to hate myself anymore. And that was quite powerful for me. And I just made peace with myself. And instead of going, I want, I need to love myself, I just thought, okay, I don't, the war is over. I don't need to hate myself anymore, but I'm just going to make peace. I don't love myself yet, but I'm just going to make peace. And I felt that 
when I made peace with myself and realized that what I'd been through in my life, like a shit childhood, being rejected for who I was most of my life and many other things, it just allowing myself to process that emotion, it took the pressure off my shoulders a bit and it allowed me to just go, wow, that was quite significant, but I'm now at peace with that. It's just realizing that I can be perfectly imperfect. I think I would probably be a narcissist now if my life was perfect. Making peace with yourself can also feel a bit unnatural. So it also may take a bit of time to do so. You have to keep reassuring yourself and self-soothing that the war is over and you're on the new path to forgiving yourself and, and the path forward. When I would suggest that after you've become comfortable with making peace with yourself, the next step would be to just acknowledging your behaviors and your daily routines. So what is getting in the way of your self-love processes? I think you need to think far and wide with these examples. You could just hone in on intense examples like drinking too much or taking drugs. But I'm also talking about how do you respond to people? How do you respond when someone pays you a compliment? How's your diet? Are you controlling yourself? How do you, be do you beat yourself up if you have some sugar or, or a cake, for example? Do you can't wake up in the morning and feel bad about yourself? Are you weighing yourself every day? And the first thoughts you have is, I'm not good enough. I need to do more. What would happen if these behaviors weren't there and you didn't do these things to punish yourself? What would come up first and foremost with your thoughts, feelings, and then what would you do instead? For example, what would you do if you missed a day at the gym? What would you do if you took a day off dieting and just ate intuitively? What would your identity be without these numbing behaviors? I know this doesn't apply to everyone, but I think some people hold on to these numbing behaviors because it's attached so much to their self-worth as well. Like people would think less of them if they didn't engage in these behaviors. Now, I don't expect you to take these behaviors and stop them all at once or even stop them at all. My aim with this exercise is that you create the spark in your head and you become curious about why you engage in these behaviors. You perhaps might give these behaviors less effort and less energy and naturally they may drop off or become less. I think you've got to think about the people in your environment and whether, whether they want the best for you or they're eliciting some sort of competitive vibe in you or more feelings of not feeling good about yourself. Would the people around you be perhaps there for you in your most vulnerable need or are they just friends that you go to the club with for example now what about if you don't have any friends if you don't have friends then that's okay i would rather have honest and authentic individuals in my life than have people that i have to be cautious with the more you work on yourself and the more you work on your self-love you naturally will attract authentic individuals into your life i get it that you might be lonely but this just takes time perhaps a big message here is that you may need to change environments, seek new friends in different places to find similar-minded individuals. The next stage in self-love is understanding your body and understanding your thoughts and emotions. Are you in full panic attack in 10 seconds? Or are you aware of what's going on inside your body when something upsets you or you can't control something? There are many of us that have this hypervigilance and we're trying to predict, predict the future so much and we're always walking around in this constant state of anxiety we don't listen to ourselves or listen to our bodies and therefore we're in this constant state of panic i think that in order to start loving yourself you have to start listening to your body and appreciating when your body is tired when your body's stressed when you're in a, in, a, in a danger environment when things aren't so going so well for you and perhaps you just need to chill a bit 
I think some people in this journey of self-love, at the beginning, you're going to be plowing yourself into, say, projects and putting yourself into a situation that you know not know they're either going to exhaust you or tire you out emotionally or make you anxious. You may have that gut feeling, but you ignore it. Part of the self-love process is listening to your body and appreciating, right, this isn't good for me. I don't want to do it. Your body is very clever. That's where the whole trust your gut comes from. But I think we need to listen to it more. We need to understand, listen and respect when it's telling us something because otherwise it's not in line with self-love principles. What about therapy? Some of us are loving therapy and in it every week. Others might be hesitant about going into therapy. I think it's a must, but I understand that it's a very difficult thing to go into a therapist therapy session, meet some stranger and vomit up your very, very private trauma that might also cause you to feel emotion that you might be locked away for a long time. You might also go to the therapist and not tell them what you really need to tell them. I think in order to be honest with a therapist, you have to go through some of the first self-love exercises that I've explained. So whether it's actually acknowledging self-hate, making peace with yourself, or actually listening to your body. When I entered therapy, I was in a complete anxious state. And what I'd, I'd do anything almost to please the therapist and say, tell the therapist what they wanted to hear. And I appreciate that's not what the goal of the therapist was. But I was in a completely anxious state. And all he did was say, listen to your body. Start acknowledging your thoughts and listen to what's happening in your body, the bodily, bodily processes. That was week one. And it was the most amazing exercise I've completed I did for him and it enabled me to start uh, relax and start opening up to him even two three years into therapy I was still telling that therapist what I thought he wanted to hear and not telling him the deep vulnerable deep deep hidden trauma that I had and it was only I guess from when I started to, to use psychedelics and go on psychedelic retreats that I was able to finally get over the shame and speak about mind processes that were in line with self-hate and also mind processes that helped my self-love process. One of the biggest things you're going to have to do is apologize to that younger you, that child that you're super, super hard on because you wish that they did better in the situation that they were in. Many of us have these instances in our lives where we wish we were we acted differently or said something differently or stood up for ourselves and fawn. You, you have to realize that the younger you was doing the best they would they were possibly trying to do at the time and whether that was just to survive if it helps try to apologize and soothe that younger you imagine that younger you as your dog family member that you love you wouldn't be so hard on a younger friend as you are with yourself you need to constantly work on yourself this is a lifelong thing you're always going to have to self-soothe in situations. You just need to have the tools to be able to self-soothe. It's like learning a language. You don't learn Spanish in one day. You just need to think, I'm going to start the process of self-love. There are going to be times when I make mistakes. You can perhaps engage in certain practices that you may be numbing with at this time, but you can engage in them in the future, perhaps with a com without a complete sabotage of your, of your self-worth. Perhaps this is adapting your gym routine so it's not so intense. Perhaps those that are super restrictive of what they're eating to be able to enjoy some a, a burger without feeling incredibly guilty with it. Perhaps going out partying with a good frame of mind without actually having to go out for three days solid. Funny thing is, I never realized that I hated myself until I started to love myself. What's quite noticeable is that I'm living in the moment more. I'm able to be present. 
I'm able to enjoy life. I'm able to, I'm able to take time off. I'm not caring what, you know, slamming kilo of chicken breast a day and trying to get gains. I'm just trying to be healthy. I couldn't care what people think of me at the gym or wherever else. Just a lot less ashamed and less judgmental with myself than I used to be. And perhaps that's a combination of psychedelics and also therapy. You need therapy for integration. I think when you look back at people that have treated you badly in this situation, you just think, you don't necessarily think back with the malice or, or anger that you had before and you perhaps just smirk, think that they were only projecting their own self-hate at you. I read a quote the other day that people aren't talking to you because they owe you an apology. I think loving yourself can be quite intimidating for others. Don't let that stop you. Stay in your lane, continue to work on yourself. Be proud of everything you are, everything you have been through, and everything you have become. I'm sure and proud of you for listening to this because it means you want to make a change. Remember though, that it just to take things easy, make peace with yourself and just take on a few things at a time, ready to progress to the next step. Thank you for listening to this. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. 